said, no matter what, I will fulfill destiny. Praise the name of the Lord. And the subject and the core of that subject that, were, that was taught, there was a particular Bible reading that I'm going to start off that really um, broke it down to exactly what the Lord wanted us to, to speak about. Okay, it's up there on the screen. No matter what, we will fulfill what destiny someone did ask me some time ago how do you know your destiny how do you know what you are destined to become in life how do you know what you are destined to become in life now we've heard messages that have been centered a long time about the word destiny in other words you've heard messages that have taught us about how to fulfill destiny how to know your calling how to know what god intended you to be as far as creation was concerned we've heard a lot of that over time but on Sunday, there was a different dimension that showed us that apart from knowing what destiny lies ahead of you, it's important to also understand that we can walk towards it, or in other words, that we have responsibilities to play as long as fulfilling destiny is concerned. And on Sunday, Pastor touched on one subject or one part that we have to play that has to do with our fulfillment or or the works we have to do as far as fulfilling of destiny is concerned. Can somebody remember it was called what? Good works. Can somebody remember that? And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10b from the uh, Passion translation of the scriptures, it does tell us that even before we were born, now let's read together, even before we were born, what happens? God planned our destiny where? In advance. So is our destiny planned by God? Is that correct? Can we deduce that from scripture? That before we were born, before you were even conceived, the Bible says whatever you're supposed to be on earth was predetermined or the Lord had planned it in advance. So if in this room the Lord has planned someone, let's say for instance the Lord has planned someone to be a lawyer in this room before the person was born. Now if the person ends up not going to school, will that fulfillment of destiny come to play? Will it come to play? So is destiny based on what God just planned? Oh, maybe where I am is because God planned it for me to be where I am. Is that, is that correct? From scripture, we have seen that we have a part to play as far as fulfilling the destiny or the call which the Lord has called us to be is concerned. Now we're going to see that in scripture. And so the Bible does tell us in the Passion Translation, it says, even before we were born, it said God had planned our destiny. And we are not ignorant when the scripture does tell us, the Bible says, for I know the thought that I have towards you is a thought of what? And not of what? Of evil. In other words, we can say that the Lord is saying, God is saying, I know the plan. I know the destiny that I've planned for you. It is a good one and it's not an evil one. But in the partial translation of Ephesians 2, it clearly then tells us, as we read on, it says, and the good works we must what? And the good works we must what? Please help me. Do. To do what? To fulfill them. So in other words, God is saying you have a part to play. If we don't fulfill what is called the good works, we may not fulfill what destiny. So in other words, what the scripture is telling us in Ephesians 2 is that your destiny is in whose hands? Is in whose hands? Number one is also in whose hands? Please help me, madam. Is in whose hands? Now, everybody was chorusing God's hand, but I like she was pointing to herself. Now, pay attention. He's saying, the Lord has planned your destiny. So, the planning has been done by who? By God. He says, and he has also planned that there is a good work you must do to do what? To fulfill that destiny. So, our destiny is also in whose hands? In whose hands? It's in God's hands we know, but it's also in whose hands? 
is also in your hand. Turn to three people and tell them, the destiny is also in your hands. Three people, your destiny is also in your hands. So you have a huge part to play. That is what the scripture calls the good works that we must do to fulfill that destiny which God says we will become. So if the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord comes, usually when God's word comes on the altar, it may be prophetic, usually, sometimes, always prophetic. So if God says, for instance, that you are a job tomorrow, if the Lord prophesies, let me not be specific, if the Lord prophesies that before the end of the months of October, you're going to get a new high-paying job. Now, do you have a responsibility to play when those words come? Do you? So the Bible says you have a good work to do as far as fulfilling that destiny is concerned. The reason why we are gathering this evening is to open our mind to go back to see that if God says a thing, if the Lord says a thing, the next thing for us to do is to find what we must do to fulfill what God says. And one thing you must understand is when God speaks a word, what the word of the Lord does in essence is that it empowers. Now one of the things that scripture have told us, have taught us by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, if a man is not saved, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is to help the person to be saved. So the Holy Spirit helps and convicts an unsaved person. Now, one of the second things that the Holy Spirit does for the man that is now saved. Now, take salvation like a child that doesn't know his left from his right. Okay? So, if a child is crossing the road for the first time, does a child know how to cross the road for the first time? Would a child know? So that is how unsaved people or unsaved we were. What salvation or the Holy Spirit does is to teach you or transform or save you to the point where you can do it yourself, technically. So when you now teach someone how to cross the road, for instance, you tell the person before you cross the road, you look at your left and do what? And right and then the words and the left. What has salvation does, he has taught the person how to do it. Now for the saved believer, one of the things the Holy Spirit also does is to transform you after you've been saved. So in this journey, God is helping us to be transformed in whatever we're doing. Transformation means he takes you from where you were not and brings you to where you are. A person that is not knowledgeable, when you teach the person, the person becomes transformed. Am I correct? So you transform the person and that's one of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The thing the Holy Spirit does after he has saved us, after he has taught us, is what the whole, what we call uh, empowerment. The Holy Spirit only empowers you. So the Holy Spirit can teach us by the word. That is why when the word comes every Sunday, what it does for a believer is empowers you and gives us that advantage to do what we ordinarily wouldn't have done. So when the word of the Lord comes to tell us that no matter what your destiny is in our hands, what he has done is giving you empowerment in your hand, in your heart, to know that there is something we must do to align to that grace in which the Lord has released. And God will release more grace for us in the mighty name of Jesus. I said the Lord will release more grace for us in the name of Jesus. Now, one of the things that pastor taught us on Sunday was also to encourage us. Remember that scripture that says, that spoke in Matthew, that said in Matthew 24 verse 12. Multimedia, let's have that. In, in Matthew chapter 24 and in verse 12, the Bible says, can you help us? Okay, Matthew 24 verse 12, let me read from my own Bible. Okay, verse 12 says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will do what? Will wax cold. Can we agree that it is more difficult to be a faithful person in this unfaithful generation? Can we agree? He says, Because iniquity shall abound, that the love of many shall do what? Wax cold. Now, give us the next verse. He says, in the next verse, he says, and verse 13 
And it says, but he who endures to the end shall be what? Shall be saved. Now let's ask ourselves a very honest question right now. The good works we used to do, has it been challenged somewhere or the other? The good works we used to do, has it been challenged? Pastor said something that, that really struck me on Sunday. He said, if we look at ourselves at this point in this room, we cannot vouch that the same energy, that the same love or the same good works that we had when we were saved is the same good works that we have up until now. Is that correct? Is that correct? So, Sister Daniela, you say it's correct. So, what it means is you are, you are doing less good work than you did when you first met God. Is that correct? That can be said almost to everyone in this room. It is not easy sometimes to even do business legitimately in this country when people who are not doing it legi legitimately are finding better ways to do things. It's not easy to continue to love someone when someone had hurt you. You've helped people over time. You've lent money to people who have refused to refund the money. And then someone is in dire need and asking. Sometimes at the back of your mind, we're not doing those good works. Why? Because of the pains of yesterday. But we're going to look at some example in scripture where men of God who were going through trying moments, who for no reason have every reason not to do the good works, but continued in that good works and only for them to discover that even their destiny of the promised world was tied on the continual doing of the good things that the Lord released to them. The Lord will grant us grace in the name of Jesus. Now let's quickly look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. And in verse 13, 2 Timothy 3 and in verse 13. Now, this is going to open us up to what we're going to discuss today as we leverage on the subject of understanding the good works we need to do to fulfill our destiny. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. We're going to read from verse 13 all the way to verse 15. Okay, can we read together verse 13? Let's read one, two, go. But evil men and seducers shall what? Shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and what? Let's read the next verse, verse 14. But what did he say? He said, but what? Continue thou in what? The good things which you have learned and have been assured of. Knowing of whom you have lent them. Now let's read verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scripture, which are able to make thee what? Wise. And salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now let's stop there for a while. He says, what did he say you learned from when we were a child? Holy Scripture. Please hold that to yourself. Let's go to verse 16 now. In verse 16, he does tells us. Verse 16, multimedia please. Verse 16. Let's read. All Scripture is given for by an inspiration of God and is profitable for number one, number two, number three, Number four, instruction in righteousness. Let's take that again. Number one, is profitable for what? Doctrine. Number two, number three, number four, give us verse 17. Now, all scripture, leave it in verse 17, multimedia. All scripture is profitable for number one was what? Good. Doctrine. Number two. Reproof. Number three. Correction. Number four. Can I make somebody pass that test? Who can mention the four without looking? We've closed the book anyway. Number one. You want to try? Let's give it to that lady. I want, I just, I want it to stick. That's why I'm and paying attention. He says all scripture. Remember the first thing. He says for all this were learned in the scripture. Are we correct? And now he now said those things you learn in the scripture is profitable for what? Doctrine. Number one, doctrine. For reproof. 
Reproof number two. Correction. Correction number three. Instruction, instruction in righteousness. Is that correct? Now we're going to come back to those four things because if we understand those four things, it will help us to understand what the good works really means. Let's read verse 17. Now what he's saying in verse 17 before you read is that these four things, which is these four things, which is correction, number two, doctrine, number three, reproof, and number four, instruction in righteousness. He says that what? Let's read verse 17. That the man of God may be what? Number one, perfect. Number two, thoroughly furnished unto how many good works? How many good works? So this by itself tells us that there are so many kinds of good works that can be played. But all the good works must be predicated on the very fact that you can't do a half-hearted good work. Pastor was saying the other time that because of the iniquity that are bound, some of us that used to give, we've come to the point we've said to ourselves, even the giving self, how has it helped me? Some of us that were kind before have said to ourselves, even the kindness, how has it helped me? Am I, are, we, are we in the same page? He says that by the reading of that scripture, he says that scripture that has taught us, that has perfected us to reproof, to correction, he says it is only a guiding step that we may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto how many good works? All good works. How many good works? All good works. Now let me lay an example to you and we're going to see how the word of the Lord can shape a decision to see how a man can fulfill destiny or not. Remember, don't take away anything from the very fact that every good works must be shaped by what the Lord or the scripture tells us. He says the word of the Lord is profitable to teach you, to correct you, to, for reproof, for righteousness. He says the reason why the shaping is, is in place is that you may be tailored, may be furnished to maintain and continue in the good works. So the moment you ask yourself, is it still good for me to what? To be doing the good things. Is it still good for me to be giving? Is it too, still good for me to be kind? The Bible is saying, what Second Timothy is saying, don't ask yourself those questions. He says, go and check what the scripture says concerning what you are really looking at not doing again. He says, the word of the Lord the word of the Lord, the all scriptures were written and by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for every good works. Now let me tell you a very short story here, which we're going to use as a basis before we go to the story of, um, of his, um, the, the father of faith was his name, Abraham, before we learned from Abraham. Now there was a young man recently had this word of the Lord that came to him and said to him, you are going to be a mega supplier in a particular company. Very specific word of the Lord that came to him. Now, you know, when we talk about destiny, we said earlier on that every word of the Lord is shaping you to what? To fulfilling destiny. You may be here and the word of the Lord is released by the word, by the word of wisdom and says you will be healed. Your healing is part of your destiny because if you are not healed in your body, maybe you will not live long enough to fulfill destiny. The Bible says the word of the Lord can also come and say you will excel in your business. It's part of the shaping of destiny. The word of the Lord can come to someone say you will give birth to a child. That is part of shaping the destiny because like Mary, she, she, the only thing we know in scripture she was destined to do was to what? To give birth to the child called Jesus. The Bible says a child will be born unto a virgin. It was a, it was a declaration. It was a prophecy. She came, she fulfilled that prophecy and she moved on. Am I correct here? So the word of the Lord came upon this man said you are going to be a major surprise in a particular company in which you are supplying for. Now let me tell you what the man, the, the young man does. Because he's only a middleman. Do you have you ever had need to buy something from Computer Village and you just call someone and then the person will now have to go and meet someone else and then bring it and then you you understand. Now those kind of people, if you don't have cash at hand, can they do their businesses? Most times they cannot do businesses. 
If you tell them to supply maybe 50 units of uh, maybe this keyboard, if you don't have the money to give them, can they do the business? Most likely, most times they cannot. But the same 50 units of keyboard, if you give to a company who supplies keyboard, who is liquid, can they do it or not? They will do it and even, you know, collect the money in one month. They are not in a hurry. Am I correct? Now, in this company, this is what this boy does. He only collects and does what? And supplies. He, does, he doesn't have that money to do what? To do the supply. He doesn't have it. As a matter of fact, the only thing he supplies are only what they call gadgets. So if you need a phone, you call him. He brings the phone from the supplier. He supplies it. You give him the money. He goes there, collects his um, interest and does what? Give the money back. You, you've seen those people, right? That is exactly what this young man does. But there are people who supplies for the same company in millions, in 50 millions, in credit offers, huge amounts of money. This boy can never play that business at all because his business is collect small quantity, go and supply, and that is all, right? Now, I'm painting this reality because it's a, it's a, it's a true story that can help us to understand what it means to tailor what we need to do, the good works that the Lord what he's teaching us in this season in order to fulfill destiny. Remember the scripture we read in the beginning that says that God is not only sure of giving your destiny, he's only also sure in giving us the ability to fulfill the good works that will help us to do what? To fulfill that destiny. To some of us here right now, we don't feel like continuing in the good works. But the book, the scripture we read in Timothy is reminding us that if you don't feel like there's only one thing, there's only one basis that teaches us or tailors us to continue in that good works that is predicated on what's on scriptures. Am I, am I, am I communicating? So the word of the Lord came to this young man that you are going to be part of those big players that supply in millions. And the boy held the word to his heart. Now this was what actually happened. One of the decision makers as far as sales was concerned needed to buy an ear pod, an earpiece, an ear pod, right? So the, the man has a phone and his phone, he always picks up his phone and he was tired of always picking up the phone. So he needed something wireless to use. How many of us have an ear pod here? You have all this airport, right? Now, the reality is the man has one already. He has, he has an Apple phone, and, and this is reality. This is not. Um, this is what I saw, and I and I know the man has an Apple phone, and he has an Apple airport. Okay, so he bought it long ago. So he uses that phone for business. So he's always on the move. So he receives a lot of calls. So most of the calls and meeting he has, he has it through his wireless. Now, for some reason, he now had a new phone, which was an Android phone. So what happened, for some reason, he started receiving more calls on the new phone than the old phones. He was doing most of his online meetings on his new phones than the old phones. Remember, I said, which phone did he have before? An Apple phone and an Apple was AirPod. So he called this young man and he told him, I need an earpiece to use with my Android phone. He said, please get me one. The, one, the boy told him, okay, he asked for the one he wanted to, and he told him it's going to cost him like 85,000 naira to get the AirPod. I think it's a Samsung AirPod. The man said, no problem. Bring it to my office the following day. So the boy took the AirPod. You know all this computer village boy. So he moved all the way from mainland and crossed all the way to Ireland to deliver what? To deliver what? An airport. So getting to the office, the man said, fantastic, you are here. So please help me connect the airport. This is a phone. Please just help me connect it while, so that I just start using it and I pay your money and off you go. And whilst the boy was about to tear the, the new packet of the, of the airport, he saw the, the, the first airport, which was what? The apple one on the man's table. He saw it lying on the table and he asked the man, who owns this one? He said, it's my own. He said, I use it for my Apple phone. 
Remember, way back, and he said, the man told him, this Apple phone cannot, this Apple AirPod cannot work with my Android phone, okay? Now, the reason why that is correct, is, is that correct? Let me ask. Is that correct, Pastor? Is that correct? So, for those who are tech savvy, I'm asking Pastor Collins, is that correct? Now, let me tell you the genesis of why he thought that. Originally, when Apple first released their AirPod, you couldn't use it with another, another phone. That was what happened. So if you have an Apple AirPod, you can only use it with what? An Apple phone. You couldn't use an Apple AirPod with an Android phone. So as far as the man was concerned, that was the case. So he never knew technology have moved that it was possible for him to still use that same one for what he used. Now the good works that I'm trying to point out was this. The boy had an option. The option was, if I sell this one for this man, I will make my money and do what? And go. Is that not correct? So the boy had the option. If he sells it to him, he can, the man doesn't know. Is that correct? He has no idea that he can use the old one with what he had. So he could have sold it. Now, let me ask. If the young, in these modern days, when the boy has a family to run, school fees he has not paid. He doesn't even know where the next meal is going to come from. There's a business opportunity for him to make maybe his 10,000 profit and goes. Now, in a good work in the modern Nigeria, is it possible that some salesmen will still allow you to buy the new one without telling you that you can make use of the old one? Is that correct? Pastor Collins, is that not correct? Have you not seen people do it? Now, people will give reason. That is why the Bible is saying that it's going to be difficult for people to continue to please God. Now, remember there was a word of God on this man that is going to do what? Is going to be a big business player. But how? You may not know. But what God is saying, there's a destiny on your head. All you need to do is to continue in good works to bring that fulfillment of what God said in your life. Now, let me ask the boy's destiny, is it in his hands at this point or not? Is it in his hands or not? Does he have option to continue in good works or does he have option to take 10,000 naira and pay his house bill? Is it correct? So he has an option. If he has 10,000 profit, he can make that money, go home, he'll be happy with his family and move on. But let me tell you, let me ask is it true that the enemy can play tricks on him and say, collect the 10,000 you see. This man have money. He will still buy that one. Won't the man still pay? He will still pay. Is that correct? Now, let me tell you the end of the story. The boy could have done that, but for good reason. He now told the man, no, you can still use this old one for the old one for both phones. The man told him, no, it's not, it's not true. And immediately the boy demonstrated it, did it for the man, and it worked, and it worked. It worked perfectly. Do you know what the man did? The story that I heard said, the man asked him, that the man told him that you could have taken this 78 or 85,000 naira, you could have made me still pay for it and go. But he has not seen many people who would do what he had done. Advise him to save that money. And then he knows that the boy will take bike and he doesn't have anything or whatever. And so immediately right there and then, he called the supply manager. And then he called the supply, um, what, what do you call it? Procurement manager. And he said, this part of procurement that we always do, henceforth, I don't want anybody else managing it for now. This individual will manage it. If he doesn't have the money, we'll give him credit order. We'll pay him in advance to always do this. For as long as supply of this is concerned, he's the only one that will supply that part of business. Now, I'm painting this picture because sometimes when the word of God comes and you will fulfill destiny and we just go home and say, Father, Lord, I thank you for our fulfilled destiny. And you see opportunity to gain 10,000 naira without doing good works. And you say, God, thank God, maybe this is the destiny you have promised me. Is that correct? Sometimes we play so small, but God is telling us that the good works that you may do now, 
Now, doing that good works may open the room and open fulfillment of that destiny. Remember, we read in, in 2 Timothy. That's why we read in 2 Timothy. It says that the man of God may be what? Perfect and thoroughly furnished for every good works. The good works you do in your family, taking care of the children, you may be perfect in doing it. The good works you do in your business with your enterprise, you must be what? Perfect indeed in every good works. So what the scripture is telling us in 2 Timothy is that we cannot do good works in business or we cannot do good works in home, in church, and then you go back to business and you play the parts of the world. It says the scripture is what will guide you. Is it good to do it? The answer is yes, according to scripture. He says the scripture is to guide you, to be able to know that you may be perfect in what you do. The more you continue to do it, the more revelation and fulfillment of that destiny will come and the Lord will grant us grace in the name of Jesus. So that story is one of the highlights I just want to put to give us an indication, a reality of how we can stay in what? In the good works. The good works God is talking about is the everyday thing you do. So go back home and ask yourself, in what area am I do not doing the right thing? The right thing may just be the only thing that will open the door for the right thing to come, the fulfillment of the word of God to come. God will help us in the name of Jesus. So as the scripture did tell us, the Bible says in the later days that there's evil is going to what? To increase continually. But the Bible does tell us that we must continue what? In good works. Now, was it, I think it was on Monday. Let me just share this quickly on Monday. On Monday, I happened to, there's a document I was working on. So in that document, they sent us a revised, um, what do you call this, terms and condition. So usually when you buy products, they send you terms and conditions. And sometimes if it's a, if, if it's a solution or a product that um, has a, a support here, sometimes they also send you, they, they update the terms and conditions and they do what? And they send it to you. So on this, on Monday, they sent us one. And um, whilst I was going through it, and so usually when you see a revised terms and conditions, the only thing that will come to your mind may be, okay, maybe there are some technicalities in it that you maybe you have to pass it to a lawyer to interpret or not. But the change log on this item was very unique. When I hear that the evil shall abound day by day. And when I read the, the change log, he says the terms and condition was very short, not long, very short. And he said the terms and condition is only targeted on the profile of the user. The terms and condition is targeted on the what? On the profile of the user. So I decided to look at it critically and they said, um, I look at all the things that have changed from the old terms and condition to the new terms and condition. Nothing seemed to be changed. Names, date, date of birth, everything remained the same. It was only one field that changed, and they outrightly tell us the field that changed. So the down drop of the field that changed was the gender of the product user. The what? The gender. If you fill in a form, what is usually the option for genders? What is usually the option for a gender? Male or what? Of female. So they told us the terms and conditions have what? Have changed. We have discovered that evil have now prevailed. So we are changing with the evil. So we are changing our terms and conditions to suit the people who we may have offended over time. And so when we click the down drop of the terms and conditions, male was still there, female was still there, but there are two more options they added. They added an option called others. And then they added another one called, I don't want to say. So we discovered that evil have really crept in, that some people have said to themselves, I'm not going to, and by the time we discovered, it was actually a big company that saying, I'm not buying this product because you have not considered my personality in your terms and condition. 
a big company one day just woke up and say, this product that we used to buy, we are not buying again. You said either male or female, we are not any of them, and so you don't want to sell to us. The product owner now say, ah, sorry, sir, if it is that one that is a product, don't worry, we're going to change the terms and conditions for the whole world. Those that are male and female will change it for just to suit you. So what is your gender? Let me put others. And they did what? They put what? Others. Don't be surprised. You're still seeing others today. Before you know it, they're just going to put what they really are right there. So did they suit them? Yes. Did they suit them or not? Yes. So the terms and conditions change just to what? To put the others in context. And you know the others we are talking about. So evil, like the pastor says, the perilous times, evil shall abound. And people will feel not like Someone did ask a question, if you have a million dollar solution that you have not sold for a very long time, and then somebody now say, I will buy it, just put orders for me. Will you put it or not? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Sir? What did you say? You put it. So, the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So in the fulfillment of destiny, let's continue very quickly so that I'm going to take, ask a question so that we just have one or two inputs from us and then we understand better what we are reading this evening. Praise the Lord. Now Genesis chapter 18, let's start to read from verse 1. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 1. Is somebody learning anything this evening? Understanding that, I, I, I sincerely love that Ephesians uh, scripture that we read, that God has destined to us a very wonderful um, uh, uh, destiny, but there's something also he has destined for us, the ability to do the works that will help us to fulfill that destiny. Amen. Now the scripture says, now this story was talking about, is this Genesis chapter 18? 18 verse 1. Okay, I read. It says, then the Lord appeared to what? To him by the word terabyte. Terabyte trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Give us the next verse. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, and this was talking about Abraham. And it says, and so he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold how many men, three men were standing by him. And he saw them and he ran from the tent door to meet them and he bowed himself to the ground. The next verse. In the next verse it says, and it says, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on me your servant. The next verse, verse 4, it says, please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. The next verse, verse 5, it says, and I will bring a morsel of bread and you may eat and refresh your heart. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have pleased. Now, do, does anybody know the story of who they're talking about here? Did anybody know the story of who they're talking about here? Whose story? The story of who? Bible students, whose story? Abraham. Now, let's read verse 6. In verse 6, he says... So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly make ready three measures of fine meal, knit it, and make cakes. Next, give us verse 7. In verse 7, and the Bible says, And Abraham ran to the head, took a tender goat calf, gave it to the young man, and he hastened to do what? To prepare it. So three men came. They were strangers in the land. And one man that had no destiny fulfilled yet. Remember, there was a destiny promised Abraham. That was the destiny of a what? Destiny of what? That he'll become the father of how many nations? Many nations. At this point, did he have one nation? Did he have one nation? Has God spoken some things to you that you have not even seen the sign yet? Has God spoken to you? That sometimes it gets to the point you don't even feel like praying anymore. Has it happened to anyone? That it happens that you don't even feel like singing in the choir again. And you see sometimes you come to church. They say, what is the problem? He said, there is no problem. I don't just feel like what? 
singing today? Does it happen to anyone? So you're supposed to sing in the choir, but you don't feel like singing. You never felt like singing that it doesn't happen to anyone. You didn't even feel like participating at all in doing anything. You are the usher in church. On that day, you didn't just feel like frowning. And so people were coming to church. You were still doing your work, but you were what? You were frowning. Remember what the scripture that we read? It says that a man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto what? Every good work. Thoroughly furnished. The person that comes to church doing his work but not doing it thoroughly. Is it thoroughly furnished? No. So Abraham was in that state. The Bible says he should ideally don't feel like doing the good works. But the Bible says and he went ahead and he prepared a meal for how many people? For how many people? Three people. Now let me ask a question. Has anybody in this room ever been in a position where you didn't feel like doing, continuing the good works at all? Anybody in this room? You didn't just feel like, don't worry, we're not going to crucify you. Only three people. So the rest of us, we didn't feel like. So we thank God for Pastor Toby and Pastor Collins. They're always abiding in good works. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, and Abraham whose promises had not yet come to pass. The Bible says, and he decided to do what? To continue to do the good works. Did any, can anybody remember how the story ended? Can anybody remember how the story ended? Anybody? Who? Just tell us the story, how it ended. Help me with the mic. After Abraham, after Abraham had um, given the three men bread and meat to eat, they, when they were leaving, they said that they told Sarah that she would give birth to a son, and she laughed because she didn't believe. That was how it ended. Come again. You said after Abraham had served them bread and meat to eat, when they were leaving, they told Sarah that she was going to give birth to a son. Okay. But she laughed because she didn't believe. And so Sarah did what? She laughed. Now, because of that incident, the Bible says, and the, the, the angels, no, hold on there. And the Bible says, and the angel promised Sarah that she's going to have a what? A son. Did you, can you remember the time frame? She was 75. No, Can you remember the time frame? So the angel said that you will have a child. But can you remember the time frame he was given? Anybody? He said, according to the time of what? Of life. He said, you will have a child. What is the meaning of the time of life? So he said, according to the time of life, which means according to how long it takes a mother, a woman to give birth to a child. How long was that? Nine months. How long had it waited before this incident? He has waited how many years? He has waited how many? Over 90 years for this moment of one good work. Over how many years? 90 something years. By the reason of just one act, was destiny promised him or not? Yes, by the reason of this good work, did he have an option to do it or not? Yes, he had an option. Sincerely so, if the word of the Lord is true by what we know, the Bible says, if the Lord says a thing, according to what God says, as long as God says it, it will always come to pass. But the fulfillment of destiny can also be in your hand to bring it to pass at a set time. If Abraham, by this reason of good work, has, has postponed the good work, his also nine months will have been postponed by another time that he had made it. So sometimes the Lord may present to us what seemingly don't seem to be an ideal situation to continue in good works. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 concerning this incident, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, I think in verse, um, multimedia if you can help us, Hebrews 13 verse 2. Yes, am I correct? Yes, Hebrews 13 verse 2. He says, do not what? Forget to what? Entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have 
unwittingly entertained what? Angels. Did Abraham know they were angels? He didn't know. There is an opportunity where God will give you, by the reason of this message, to keep up at a good work that is almost the only good work that will open the door for the destined promise that the Lord has spoken to us. So to that young man who read his story, it was an opportunity to be faithful in business. To Abraham, it was an opportunity to continue in good works. To you, it may be an opportunity to continue to love a child. To someone else, it may be an opportunity to continue to do something that you are almost saying, no, you are not doing. But the Bible says, as long as we continue in good works, we must continue in good works. It says, for some have entertained angels on our ways. And the Bible says, the waiting of 95 years was cut short because a man did one good work. And the Bible says, and the angel said to him, I think, I think in verse I think verse 10, Genesis 18 verse 10, the Bible says, And the angel said, I will certainly return to you, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah your son shall have a what? A, Sarah your wife shall have a what? A son. Was destiny fulfilled or not? But by the reason of what? Good works. So Abraham did the good works that brought to fulfillment the very promise that the Lord has given him. I pray the Lord will grant us grace to continue in the name of Jesus. I said the Lord will grant us grace to continue in the name of Jesus. Galatians 6 verse 9 gives us an admonition. And it says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in which season... In due season, we will reap if we do not, what, lose heart. In due season, we will reap if we do not, what, lose heart. So there is something the Lord is speaking to someone here. By the reason of this, the Bible, the, the, the message on Sunday was, as long as God liveth, you will fulfill destiny. You will fulfill what? Fulfill destiny. So as much as we know that, but the word of the Lord has come to us, but the reason of that scripture saying that the Lord is empowering us to continue in the good works. And pastor was reminding us on Sunday that don't look at the season of the times. The season of the times, the perilous times, the wicked times, men are doing more evil and giving us the impetus to say, should we continue in this or should we allow ourselves to also swim in the pool of the, the, the evil works? But the Bible says, as long as we continue in the good works, what will happen? There will be fulfillment of destiny. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. And in his word, one of the things pastor said was, destiny has to do with what? Good works. I wrote that down. Destiny has to do with what? Good works. Now, gone are those days we need to have this understanding that when God releases a prophecy, that you have nothing to do with it. Pastor have taught us over time, there's one message he preached that talks about the responsibility of grace. And, and over time in this season, we've been saying what we ought to do. Because for a long time, we have thought to ourselves, maybe we just have to fold our hands. No, no. There is no folding of hands. There is a good work that the word of the Lord says, he empowers us to do that same work that we may fulfill the very promise that the Lord has given to us. God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Multimedia, please help us once again with that slide. Ephesians chapter 2. And in verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10, Ephesians 2 verse 10. Oh, sorry, before we, we read Ephesians 2 verse 10, let's quickly read Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10, I meant to say. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and in verse 10. It's up in the screen. Let's read together Ephesians 9 verse 10. What does it say? Whatever your hands do what? Find to do. Whatever your hand what? Find it to do. Do it with what? With all your might. Recently I was reading a story about a sportsman. And as I was reading that story, they immediately 
about the same time I was reading about how God promised Mary, the, the, the child Jesus, and how the Holy Ghost fell upon her and all the rest. And the story of this sportsman who was one supposed to be one of the greatest in his field of sports, um, at some point he began to misbehave, at some point he began to do so much of drugs, at some point he began to become aggressive in his sport line, and he was fined over and over, so his life became a mess. So recently he wrote a book about his life, and this book also showed a bit of pictures of his childhood. So to some person here, you may have a child, maybe your child or not biological child or whatever the Lord had laid in your hand. And so the, the story was the, the trace of his action, the trace of his activity in life, of his disposition in life that brought him down from what he was supposed to become. Talent he had. Talent was what made us even see him in the first place. But the inner spirit in him was so battered that he couldn't have hold of it and in his book he read and he, and he showed that he was so abused when he was young that the only thing he knows in life is to be aggressive and abusive and his father who was abusive and they began to outline the punishment his father used to give him and they only saw it as a slavery punishment that the father gave him all through his life. And the book also, one the, the highlights of the book was a man that lived his life but never fulfilled his dreams. A man that lived his life, they could see the light but the light could not shine out of him. They could see the potential but the potential could not blow, blow more than it did. We could only see the glimpse of what he had. Drugs took over, aggression took over. He could not even raise a home by himself. And so, as he, as, he, as he began to grow in his life, he could not even hold back the memories of the old. And he wrote in his book that one of the greatest things is the memory of the old, which he could not hold back. A man could have prophesied in his life that he would be great in his life. But because one person, a father, had a responsibility to do a good work of raising a child, he lost that part of his child, of his fatherhood, and he only raised a what? A monster instead of a what? A champion. And so when the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, to some of us, you may not be a father yet, and you are saying, that is not my, I'm just a student. No problem. Whatever your hand finds to do. To some of you, you may say, oh, that is not my call. Whatever God has laid in your hand, it may be a house help that is in your house right now. It is a good work you must do because there is a destiny upon that child the Lord brought to your way. It may be a friend that the Lord brings to your way. It, 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 there is a responsibility on us to raise people, whether you meet them by chance or whether you meet them by knowing or not, you have a responsibility to raise whatever that the Lord lays in your hand. It may, be a, 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 it may be a subordinate in the office. Everyone is a champion in his own way. It may be a subordinate in your office. You may be raising someone. The Lord has a destiny concerning that person. It requires every man that the Lord brings to anyone's life. Anyone, according to scripture, the scripture I have also taught us, is for a purpose. That purpose you do not know. But for the season that the Lord has brought the person in your life, we are expected to do what? Only good works. The good works may be kindness that you will show in the person's life. The good one may be kindness you saw in the person's life. The person may walk with you for only six months, but the good works you would plant in the person may be all the person needs to raise to, 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 raise to become a champion. And the book says, this man, we saw the light, but we could not see the glory in him. Why? Because a man had the responsibility to raise a champion, but he made light of what he was raising. He saw a child instead of a future. He saw just walk, he saw, he saw just being a father, but instead of being a leader that will raise someone. So when the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, this evening you may have to go back and say, what is it I'm, I am doing? Because for every champion you raise, you can't raise one and remain low. Never, never it is. For whatever a man soweth, the Bible says, he what? He will reap. And one of the things we must understand, in doing good, there is always gladness and happiness. I don't know about you, but you feel a sense of joy, a sense of fulfillment in doing the right thing. 
The good work right now may be raising that child. The good work you may be doing now may be doing the good work in the office or whatever your hand finds to do. Ah, this work that I'm doing, they're only paying me 10,000. I'm just going to do it anyhow. I'll do it according to their money. Good works. A young man, let me, let me just give this story just before I go. This, this happens to be one of the last examples I will give. There was a project we were doing in the office and there's a particular man, a, there's a, a particular guy, he has, it has been his dream to be in the project management team all his life. So he had the certification, he had everything to be in the project management office. And so he'd been trying as much as possible to change, but they will tell him there is no way you cannot change. And so there happened to be a time where there was a project that was being done. And in the project, there was a timeline for that project to be delivered. And so in that project, to be, for that project to be delivered, training had to be done within a short period of time. And so the facilitators were not enough, and they had to do pro, um, training for over training for over 1,000 people all across. 1,000 people, but they had to break it in small rooms. And so by the time they shared it, they had to have only one session. And in that session, they discovered that they had only one more teacher left, someone that could just have a knowledge and teach. And they went ahead asking for people who knows this thing so that he can teach. There were some people that knew it and said, I'm not going to do it. Are you people paying me? They are not paying and then one man now rose and said, this young man said, let me do it for you. I will just do it because it's what I just love doing. He said, okay. They said, come and then do the thing. And that is why it's important, whatever you find to do. There are some things you will do today, not because of money, just because of the, just because of the value you just have to place. And, and, and the story went ahead. He did that thing just for free, not asking for anything. And then he moved on. It was a project that was very small, very small project that they just had to do. Big enough, but not compared to what they now, what now came six months later. Six months later, they now, they came a project that was worth millions of dollars. And then they needed someone to facilitate a part of that project. And the project management team were looking for people that could facilitate it. And then one day, they now remember, there was one boy that helped us. He helped us for free without collecting anything. He did a work that was good enough. We saw it with our eyes. And the project management boy said, does this boy, let's just test his knowledge skill. They went and brought him and then they tested his knowledge skill without anything. They just, without going through the rigorous um, processes of being recruited, they said, we're going to move you from this to this position. The desired position of his dream. If the Lord has destined him that you'll be in this position and there was opportunity for him to showcase it. And then he's saying, this is not my work. I'm not going to do it. Sometimes when the scripture, when the word of the Lord comes, it is not to, to enlarging and to empower us to do what we can do. And so somebody here, you're listening and you're saying to yourself, I'm not doing it because I'm not getting value. Value is not for now. The value is not what? It's not for now. There are times you just have to, to, to take in something because the journey you have to take may be enough, long enough for you to get to where the promise is. The Bible says concerning Elijah, the Bible says, and the angel woke him. He says, eat for the journey is far. And Elijah, Elijah, Elijah woke up and he ate and he slept again. The angel woke him up the second time. He said, eat again for the journey is far. You will get there, but now you have to eat enough, enough for the journey of the fulfillment of destiny. As you continue to continue to feed on this word that will shape us to the very destiny God wants to take us to, the Lord will grant us grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Has someone been blessed this evening? I said, someone blessed this evening. Have you been challenged this evening? Just give God praise for his word. The name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name. Lastly, we read the scripture. The Bible says, even before you were born, God had planned what in advance? He has planned in advance our what? Our destiny. He says, that we are sure of. But the one we are not sure of, if whether we will do the good works that he has equipped us to. And he says, and the good works which we will what? We will do 
to fulfill that destiny. Someone's destiny will come to fulfillment and the Lord will show you what to do in the mighty name of Jesus. In one minute, I just want you to bow your head and say to the Lord, whatever it is that I'm not doing that will require me to do, to fulfill or to bring the word of the Lord to pass concerning my life, open my eyes to see it. In any way I am feeling weak, in any way I'm feeling discouraged to continue to do what I'm supposed to do. Father Lord, open my eyes that I may do that which you have called me to in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And so, Father Lord in heaven, we thank you. We give you praise because your word have come to show us grace, to show us knowledge, to show us understanding. And we pray that as we have come to the knowledge of your word, that every good work that we need to do to bring the fulfillment of destiny to place, Lord, we pray that you open our eyes to the accomplishment of it in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. If you've been blessed one more time, let's celebrate the Lord for his word. The name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name.